return for unneeded surgery. Surgery. Hold on. Dana a little surgery. Yes. A little bit of plastic. It's just surgery. a little bit of surgery to get me through the day. <laughs> Welcome back to the Shaken Not Scared podcast, a podcast where we talk about classic and modern horror movies while we try to come up with a theme drink to go with it. Here with you as always, your hosts, Eric and Vivi. How are you, Vivi? I'm good. We had a, a fun week, I would say. You think so? We did some stuff. We did. Stuff that's <laughs> going to be talked about later, but we'll just kind of mention a little bit. But it was fun. We actually, right after recording our last episode, went to a... Google calls them metaphysical stores when you look them up, but it's like a, I guess a witchy shop. Bought some stuff for the house, some stuff to make our videos on Instagram with. Bought some stones, gonna get some energies. We need energy. I picked some just based off of like what I feel like I need, like money, energy, <laughs> motivation. Yeah. I need luck. <laughs> I got some candle, some spell candles too. I could probably post about that and what they mean. But that was fun. We did that right after recording. And then... So be nice to us. I know that V was a little afraid or, or intimidated because we talked about how like people feel very, very strongly about you being wrong about those kinds of things. So just bear with us, okay? Yeah. We're figuring it out. Allow people to learn things. We also drove up to Wisconsin, your favorite place. Wisconsin. What better place to go and always talk about than Wisconsin? We went up to Whitewater. Visited. Why did we go to Whitewater? We visited Second Salem. It's a brewery up there. It doesn't seem like they're huge. I looked at their website. It looks like they've only got a couple of different locations where they distribute, but we picked up some beers. They've got creepy art, and we yeah. love it. And we're going to probably feature them on a show soon. We're going to do an episode based on one of the beers we were able to get up there. But yeah, if you're in Whitewater, check it out. Like Eric said, they sell some pretty cool creepy art. And you can go get a ton of beer. They have some stuff in Lake Geneva, too. So yeah. just look at their site. You can probably find some in, I think it's like three or four different locations. But we'll talk about them more in a later episode. What are we talking about today? We watched Mortal Kombat. I know that people don't technically consider that horror. It's going to be creepy, though, if you hate gore like Vivi. Gore and blood. It was fun, though. Actually watching it, I was like, oh, this is kind of creative and funny. Because I, I did see you play it a couple times, and you're like, oh, those kills are straight from the video game. So I think it's cool that they like kept that in there. At the end, there's very clearly, like, this is the video game, and it's 1v1 character Oh, sequences. yeah, they made it very, like, <laughs> homage to video games, which I think is cool. I know people don't tend to like video game movies, or they get such a, like, hard critique but i was telling you last night i think these movies need cheesy acting if it was too serious it would take away from the fact that it's literally just here for fun it's here to appease people who are true fans i hate when people take these movies too seriously like no one's out here making a mortal Kombat movie to go win the next oscar like <laughs> that's not what what's being done here i think it's just pure fun the the teams who put these things together i mean you could literally just not get anything like this and have to deal with that right I think I'd rather get something than nothing. I haven't seen the uh, original 90s one. We've talked about maybe watching it just to compare how it was. I remember them like the back of my hand. I was telling you that some casting I think was way better in the original. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's a good time. I yeah. think we should watch those soon. For other creepy content, I haven't been watching too much. I had like a pretty busy week. I think we both did. But I follow this TikTok account. I'm sorry. I'm the queen of not preparing ahead and remembering these people's names. But she currently lives in the real-life Conjuring house. Ooh. Yeah. 
and she makes TikToks about like the creepy things that happen in the house and, and the apparitions they've seen. She like shows like these drawings in the basement and why like you know in the movie where the exorcism happens she takes tours around there. They recently I'm guessing her parents are like kind of paranormal investigators and that's the reason they live in the house which is like whoa way to take your your passions all the way. Yeah wait so her parents were and so she's just kind of like along for the ride. I think she's into it too. I, I don't think you, she's the one with the TikTok account. Anyway, she posted that they actually got invited to the Warrens Museum, which has been closed to the public for years due to zoning issues. I don't know what that means, but they were going to live stream the entire night there, paranormal investigating. And it was on YouTube. It was on Ed and Lorraine Warren's official YouTube, which I didn't know they had. Cool. And like I tried to tune in for like a minute and literally it was a minute of them like setting up and talking in front of the Annabelle doll. And I was like, you got creeped out. This is live. And the doll's just staring at into my home, into my bedroom. <laughs> it's, it's energy I don't want. So maybe I'll watch it when it's not live. Send it to me so I can go have a staring contest with Annabelle. Of course, this is why I would never take you to a, like a museum like this. <laughs> if you've heard of like Robert the doll, I always, like, hear that story and think Eric would be that person to confront Robert the doll and get us killed afterwards. Let's play rock, paper, scissors, Robert. <laughs> I hate you. You know what? Like, <laughs> I'm saying we'll have fun. I'm not saying we'll go knock him down. Let's have a good time. People who had fun with him are dead now, and you'd be that person. So I couldn't actually watch it. I was just like, mm, maybe I'll watch this when it's not live. <laughs> also, they were going to be there like all night. So I'm like, can someone condense just the creepy parts that happen and I'll watch it? Maybe we can watch it on Twitch. Twitch is coming soon. That's pretty much it for our creepy content this week. Cool. Now let's get that overview for 13 Ghosts. I don't even think we mentioned. What yeah, we're today now. we're talking about 13 Ghosts. But if you clicked on the episode, you probably knew that already. 13 Ghosts from 2001. It's a remake directed by Steve Beck. I did not know it was a remake until we were looking up stuff today. Neither did I. When I was looking up fun facts, it was giving me stuff from the one from the 1960s. And like this one is pretty big on the special effects. I wonder how they did it in the 1960s. We should watch it just for fun. I don't know how good it is, but if it got a remake, you know, it's probably Everything fine. gets a remake. It is 2021. <laughs> it's the era of not knowing what to make, so you just make it again. Okay, I get it for some movies like Mortal Kombat, where at the time the special effects weren't there, technology-wise. And now they are. But does that make it a better movie? I don't know. I told you the extent of Sub-Zero's power in the 90s one was it's just an ice dome and Liu Kang throws a bucket of water at him and that's how he kills him. <laughs> you were like, Sounds that's... groundbreaking. <laughs> You're like, that's probably so they didn't have to do the CGI for yeah, Sub-Zero anymore. They yeah. killed him off super quick. <laughs> so once again... I didn't want to make a cocktail. Just kidding. Eric actually went and uh, bought two beers ahead of time. The beer is Temporal Purgatory by 18th Street Brewery, straight out of Indiana. We've been there like a couple times. So I once again looked up the description of this beer so we don't sound like uneducated swine. That's fine. We can sound uneducated. <laughs> we have a bachelor's degree. That's don't worry it. About it. We're not that educated. <laughs> Honestly, nobody cares about that. Nobody. So... I do not know what Chinook is. Do you? Chinook? No, I do not. Okay. And Mosaic comes up again. We've heard that in a couple beers now. We should probably look up what it actually is. But it's Chinook and Mosaic hops. Hold your tongue accountable for your worldly sins. In our fiendishly vengeful Sessions Pale Ale. Sessions? Yeah. Session Pale Ale. I always want to say seasons. Because, like, it's seasonal. Maybe. The moment between each sip may be temporary, 
but feels like its own brief purgatory. That makes me think that the beer is not good <laughs> if you're in purgatory <laughs> drinking it. You just have to hold on to your taste buds. Yeah. Oh, okay, so apparently Chinook and Mosaic are types of hops. Cool. So the artwork is pretty cool. It's called Temporal Purgatory again. It's got a skeleton that's on fire. It's like an entire rib cage just over the words Temporal Purgatory. The skeleton the reminds me of the, the like giant skeleton that was popular last year during uh, quarantine. It was like that 30-foot skeleton from Home Depot that everyone oh, on yeah. TikTok had. <laughs> we don't have a house otherwise, maybe. We'd probably have it. Maybe. Yeah. Actually, we have our small skeleton here hanging out with us in the studio. We'll take a picture later. <laughs> yeah, you put him in my work desk because I guess he was in the way. <laughs> no, that's just the image of you dying working forever that's what we don't want that got so depressing that i was about to cry <laughs> support our show at chicken not scared pod anyway you ready to crack it open let's pour it you tried it already oh i did fine my bad it's good definitely not purgatory i like it if this is where i'm at in purgatory that's pretty good i get a kind of like citrusy taste yeah this is good beer <laughs> those are like always your reviews though it's good you gotta keep it simple. Don't be complicated. Just, is it good or not? Yeah. The answer is yes. What would you rate it? I would rate this a three and a half. I would also give it 3.5. Yeah, right. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty above good. average. So go give it a drink. Cheers. Thanks, 18th Street. We'll visit <laughs> you soon. Uh, quick disclaimer. I was listening back to some of our episodes on the histories we do. We're going to get better about fact checking. Because there's like names that I said that were wrong that belong to another story and things like that. So, okay, listen, when you're like researching a ton of stories and watching a ton of movies, you're going to mix up some names and stuff. We did always say that we were bad with names. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. That's fine. So, cool. like we said, 13 Ghosts. A state-of-the-art remake of the classic William Castle horror film about a family that inherits a spectacular old home from an eccentric uncle. To say the least. He wears a scarf. And he has a cane. Bougie. Is that what makes him eccentric? <laughs> There's just one problem. The house seems to have a dangerous agenda all its own. Trapped in their new home by strangely shifting walls, the family encounters powerful and vengeful entities that threaten to annihilate anyone in their path. That comes from IMDb. I don't want this to affect your rating, but IMDb gives it a 5.6 out of 10. Does that affect your rating? <laughs> no, I don't care about IMDb. Okay. <laughs> Do you have some extensive... Fun facts. The original 13 Ghosts from 1960, directed by William Castle, gave the audience ghost fevers, quote-unquote, which were like 3D glasses, only if you look through one window of the glasses, you could see the ghosts, and if you look through the other, the ghosts were invisible. Isn't that pretty cool? So, kind of like the actual glasses used in this movie. Yeah, but could you imagine that as an actual 60s? thing? You go to the movies, and like they give you these glasses, and you can't see through one, and you can see through the other. How do you pull that off? I would like to see what that looks like. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I imagine it wasn't perfect, but it's yeah, so fun. Yeah, how would that look? Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, second fun fact of guys that the crew actually built the whole house and it was difficult to film in since it was hard to avoid reflections. What was the solution? More light. They put lights along the ground and ceiling to eliminate glare and darken the film in post. Huh, that's a good trick to know for when we're trying to take pictures here. And I got <laughs> glare everywhere. The set is pretty impressive. Well, they make it look impressive in the film. So... You ready to dive into it? I am. Let's do it. So, we open on this scene in, like, a wrecking yard. There's a bunch of men. seems like military, secret service shows up to yeah. capture something. And 
Dennis, played by Matthew Lillard. Who we just saw as Stu in Scream. He's a medium, and he seems to be able to tell what's going on there because he keeps getting these flashes of things going on in the junkyard. So this guy, Cyrus, who is clearly a bad guy. And his boss. Is asking him to tell him about the spirit. At this point, you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, because it's just a chaotic scene. Dennis grabs the ground and gets flashes of everything. He's like, oh man, you told me he only killed nine people. This guy has 40 victims. He's like, yeah, nine of them were while he was alive. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to point out about his powers is like he can see things, but then as soon as he touches things, it's like he gets more intense visions. Can you imagine living your life like that? It sucks. Kind of like the, what's her name? The sister from Haunting of Hill House? No, Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. She has to wear gloves because every time she touches something, she like finds out some messed up stuff. Yeah. We find out kind of quickly is they're all ghost hunters of some form. Cyrus is loaded. And he's paying for this kind of expedition to capture an extremely murderous ghost. And then we get these two other ghost hunters that we don't know that much about. But they're basically telling him to stop doing this. They seem like activists. But in the chaos, Dennis is talking about how he doesn't know the spells. You need the 13th ghost. And at this point, you're still confused because you're like, I don't really know what's happening. As a viewer, you're like confused. They mention the 13th ghost. They bring out a truck spraying blood to lure the ghost. Hilarious. (laughs) Dennis is like, oh my god, are you serious? And there's like just the semi-truck just blasting blood to the sides as it's driving through the junkyard. They start this machine that chants in Latin. Dennis's character has these glasses that when he puts them on, it seems like he can see the being that is the ghost. Real quick, I want to talk about these glasses. Sure. They're bad. Why? They are cheap. Oh, you were saying, yeah. When we watched them, I was like, they look like the, like, 90 cents glasses you buy at Menards when you're sanding stuff at home so the, the dust doesn't get in your eyes. And they put little lights on them, and they're like, pew, pew, futuristic. Don't you know Home Depots are haunted, and that's really what they're for? You're supposed to use the dust from the sanding to blow it over the ghost so you can see them. I'm pretty sure that's been done in movies, right? Where they, like, <laughs> throw flour everywhere, and then they use, like, the footprints. Yeah. He's picking off these men. He's super violently and oh, like creatively. So one, like, I thought it was going to be tame. I forgot how gruesome oh, this, this movie is. Oh, this movie is pretty like gory. The first kill was kind of tame in that the guy just gets pulled into a car and blood splatters on the front windshield. But the next guy gets like yanked up to the top and he gets broken backwards mm-hmm. and pulled in between two cars like a toy. It's pretty interesting that they want to capture such a violent ghost because in the end, he ends up killing one of the ghost hunters that's like... Let's call them the indie ghost hunters because they're not like mainstream. They're activists. They're like Greenpeace. Yeah. Remember? They make their job. Yeah, they are. Greenpeace for ghosts. And then Cyrus also ends up getting killed in the chaos. So like what I wonder stylistically about how this movie is shot is I think it's pretty cool. Like this movie has like a bad rating on IMDb, but I think this is a cool effect that happens throughout the movie of the flashes of seeing the ghost and not seeing the ghost, like what people are seeing. I don't know if it's because we're able to see it from Dennis's perspective and he's a psychic or because he has glasses and he can see it. I thought that was really cool. I agree. I feel bad for Dennis throughout this whole movie. I think I he's probably like the best character. I, I tweeted Matt Lillard and was like, you're the best, man. I love this part. But I just, 
really enjoy his acting because it's always like just an over-the-top character what the heck man yeah it's very shaggy he's like shaggy playing another character i'm pretty sure this that's just to us because we we like grew up with that movie but i'm sure to like the generation before us he's stew he's stew from scream you know yeah but so dennis is kind of like feeling bad that these ghosts are being captured he's being paid by cyrus obviously he works for this guy but he's like, but he clearly doesn't know the full intent of this man or what he's planning to do he kind of gets a glimpse of it when he touches him and he's like wait what are you planning and he's like mind your business mm-hmm. yeah and so cyrus like you said dies in the onslaught that happened yeah, so you think like oh the villain dies immediately in the opening scene and then we get flash forward to family. his family the it's husband. done pretty quickly which i think is again Maybe I'm just like, I don't know anything about movies, but I'm like, oh, this is a cool idea just to get that like backstory in there quickly because it's not the main focus necessarily. You don't have to really dive in though. Yeah. Especially since there's a huge emphasis on that tragic story later anyway. Yeah. So basically it's just like time passing. There was like a fire that ended up killing the wife of this family, the mother. I didn't get this from the intro, but I read later that it's that she died because she was trying to save them. Did you get that? No, I did not get that. I actually got that. The father at the end was like, oh, I should have gone back in after her. It doesn't hit that because the kids are outside in the montage when it looks like the fire is happening, but it's possible. We should probably look further into what that means. Or or that side I saw that was wrong. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, that's the opening scene you get at this family. Father's name is Arthur. Mm-hmm. Daughter is Kathy. Son is Bobby, I yep. believe. And the next scene is them in a drastically smaller house. It's an apartment. We get introduced to this character, Maggie, who's also in the home. We find out that the father has hired her to be a babysitter to Bobby. I don't understand. After having been heartbroken that wife dies, Arthur has to live in this small apartment and has to hire a nanny. Like, bro, if you're poor... How can you afford a nanny? nanny. Yeah. What do you need the nanny for? The daughter is... You said the daughter is like... 18, at least, in this movie. Yeah. What do you need the nanny for? For Bobby? Sure. But the sister obviously lives at the house, too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. Unless the sister also works. Again, we're Latino. You know what my parents did? They gave birth to me, and I was in charge of the rest. And I think that's kind of the common law that goes here. No So who took care of you? I mean, they... streets. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Um, Actually, my aunts took care of me a lot. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I think that's probably something culturally different. I can only speak for Latinos. They are very much in the it takes a village to raise a child mindset of like you rely on your family like that. But it seems like he didn't have an extensive family. He didn't even know he had this eccentric uncle. Like he kind of knew, but he didn't even know he died, which is what comes into play. Like right after, because it's a whole chaotic scene about how they're in this tiny apartment or whatever. There's an argument. The yeah. kid is kind of traumatized. He's very into deaths and has his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Podcaster in the making. He's recording about suicides and things like that. And he's yeah, very pretty morbid kid. Don't blame him. At this point, I think when we get introduced to the lawyer who's knocking the at the door. David yes. Bowie looking lawyer. Ooh, he looks like shit. He looks creepy. so familiar. I feel like I've seen him in other stuff, but I when I looked him. him up, I couldn't find him. He just looks like a rental version of David Bowie. No offense, actor. <laughs> Whatever your name is. Is that an right. offense, though, if you look like Bowie? David Bowie? I don't know. I think if someone called me a low-budget rental. Walmart brand of Vivi? No, a Walmart <laughs> brand of David Bowie. I think I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> so, yes, he, the lawyer is there. He's like, I am here to tell you about something. And he sits down, opens up a laptop. He plays this video with, like, signs on the yeah, background. Yeah, let's talk about this uncle's, like, editing skills <laughs> in programs that probably, like, didn't even exist at the time. His Windows Movie Maker. Yeah. <laughs> on Windows XP. I'm sure he paid for someone to do that. And he's got this kind of, like, 
Doctor Strange orb thing going on yeah, in the background. Yeah, he does. Very creepy. Basically tells them, I've died and you've inherited my house. You know what he kind of looks like now that I'm thinking about it? It looks like the Doseki's most interesting man guy. When he sits Cyrus? down, when he sits down, he's like, what are you drinking or whatever? I, I can't remember the commercials, but he's sitting there with like, his actor, robot. I don't know if it's the same actor, but he looks so much to me like the actor in Lord of the Rings who plays the uh, dwarf. Not at all. Cyrus? Okay, so you look at the picture, and I guess... They do look alike. They do look Hold alike. Hold on. In the same way that the, the Seki's guy looks like him. That they don't look identical, it's just the vibe. They do look alike. Okay. It's a vibe. Hold on, let me... Uh... <laughs> it's an eccentric man with a scarf and a beard. <laughs> so those all just look the same to you? <laughs> I'm saying it's a vibe. Okay, but just for reference, so you guys know who I'm talking about. The actor Gim- from Lord of the Rings, uh, his name is John Riss Davis. Bard Davis? John Riss Davis. Davies. I don't know. People who love Lord of the Rings. Riss Davis. Can tell us. All clicked off already because yeah. we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Daryl Nellon, gone. <laughs> we lost their friendship entirely. <laughs> but so, yes. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the movie. He's telling them that, you know, behold my fortune. You inherited this giant house in the middle of nowhere. Don't worry about money ever again. Yeah. And you asked me this while we were watching the movie, but what would you do? What would situation. you do? I would be suspicious. I was like, hey, look, this like random dude that's apparently my uncle has this whole fortune and we don't have to work again. I'd be like, well, we're going to podcast forever. Let's quit the jobs today. We're going to podcast <laughs> forever with no listeners. We don't care. We have the money to do this. You don't need to listen to this podcast. <laughs> when forever. you have the money. Being all creepy about it, yeah. I think I'd be like, I have questions. This isn't even the creepiest part. I'm not into how normal this family reacts to this house because they're just like, oh my God, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. But it's kind of like, wow, this is cool. I think. Because they do mention that the uncle was eccentric and collected a lot of weird things. Okay, look, eccentric is like going to someone's house and the house is like completely painted black. Not you show up and the whole house is covered in Latin and it's all glass and looks like the front door is gears and metal and locks in some unnatural way. I would disagree. I would say that is very eccentric. I mean, yes, it's eccentric, but I'm saying that, like, normally, right? Like, normal eccentric versus... Is that a contradiction? Normal eccentric. If you told me, hey, we're going to go to my aunt's house, and we show up, and it's freaking house covered in Latin, I'm like, what demons are they keeping out of this house? It's a fair response. No? I mean, what would you do? It would be weirded out, for sure. But I think I would still go into the house to look at it. I mean, yes, I'm not saying You drove all the way there. (laughs) I probably have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Like, I'm going inside. Is there a potty? (laughs) That's all I care about. That's what the girl says. Yeah, she kind of is on the same boat. She's like, is there bathrooms? (laughs) And is it also glass? Yeah. That's the part that weirds me out. Complete glass houses, I do not understand. Because, like, even if you live in the middle of nowhere, if I would, like, looked out my window and just saw, like, a bear walking across my glass house, I would be like... Do you think that comes from us having grown up in a world where you can't really trust anybody because you're probably going to get robbed? By a bear. By a bear. (laughs) Like, went to school for architectural engineering... And when they would show us those, you know, architectural uh, works from specific architects, and a lot of them were glass houses in the middle of nowhere, I'm like, man, I don't know that I would ever actually trust this. I don't care how in the middle of nowhere I am. That makes it worse. It's like if a serial killer comes in and sees that, like, your house is all glass and can literally see everything you're doing. Right. So, no. Glass houses, stay away. (laughs) So they finally go inside the house. It's very obvious that this house has some kind of weird 
connection to the zodiac because there's like those symbols there's calendars there's a giant machine that's continuing to rotate and i'd be like what is this for this is what i mean is that this family is very like ooh, ah, especially the daughter she was just ready to get out of an apartment wow look at this bed wow look at this bathroom and she's wow. kind of a brat because it's like she's talking down to the dad for why they live in an apartment and i'm just like move out you are 18 you're like 30 years old (laughs) (laughs) you're wondering what the contraption is in the center of the room the nanny's kind of keeping up with bobby because bobby's a child right and Mm -hmm. he's gonna just ride a scooter everywhere she loses track of him okay also like my parents would beat my ass if i was riding a scooter oh for sure they'd be like find a chair and you're gonna stay there forever yeah until i decide you can move yeah you know the lawyer is explaining things basically saying like this is all yours. You just sign on the dotted line. Pushy. Pushy. It's he just doesn't he want knows. to deal with it anymore. Oh, and it's, and it's clear he knows Cyrus. something's going on. Yeah. We get introduced to Dennis again, and the lawyer very clearly hates him and is kind of suspicious. And Dennis didn't get to get paid by Cyrus because Cyrus died. So he's looking for his money and he's here to collect it. Yeah. I also think he did not trust Cyrus and kind of wanted to know what he was doing in that house. For sure. I think he maybe had some sort of like moral conundrum going on there. yeah you know he, he doesn't seem like a bad character no right like in the beginning you're introduced to him as this kind of like minion to cyrus but he definitely has his own moral compass that he's like this is a bad idea we shouldn't be doing this and you know just because he's getting paid doesn't necessarily make him a bad guy right but he's still just he wants job. his money right so we get the scene where again the lawyer is trying to push arthur to sign and just take the house off his hands basically And Dennis is in the basement, quote unquote, looking for the generator. And he is seeing all the ghosts within the basement trapped, kind of like a zoo. I love, see, this is why I can't unsee him as Shaggy, because the whole time he's like, ah, oh, oh, getting scared by like everything, (laughs) every every direction. He's like, I hate it when they do that, because every time he puts the glasses on, one of them slams the wall or, you know, the guy with the baseball bat. I don't know why it does this, but when he hits the glass, there's like sparks for some reason. I think it's just meant to show that they're trying to get out and these protection spells are holding them back and it's two crazy forces clashing. Dennis's character runs up after seeing all the ghosts trapped inside the basement and is like, do not sign for this house, get you and your kids the fuck out of here. He's like, I hunted, displaced spiritual energies, wraiths, ghosts. It's funny that he brought up wraiths because I literally two days ago was telling you what wraiths were because he didn't know. Yeah, because we saw like a creepy TikTok video. And I was like, oh, is it a wraith? And you're like, what's a wraith? And I was like, you don't know what wraiths are? I only know what wraiths are. Because of, of the witcher. The witcher. But it's like, snob. we hunted ghosts. Really, I know a lot of like terminology because of video games. Video yeah. games, honestly, guys, if you don't play video games with very good stories. There are gaps in your education. There are gaps in your education. <laughs> you can learn a lot from video games. Not the bad stuff, but the good stuff. But he's like, yes, we hunted displaced spiritual energies, wraiths, ghosts with your uncle. And they're looking at him like he's crazy, right? The Arthur is kind of like, okay, yeah, sure, dude. And the lawyer is like, you're the crazy person that's been calling my office or whatever. Yep. So he warns them. They laugh at him. We forgot to mention that as soon as they put the key in, it starts like a countdown. And I actually didn't realize this until way too late into the movie. You did. And you're like, yeah, it's been happening the whole movie. You were like, oh, so like every time that the floor locks into place, it's It's releasing releasing another ghost. It's clearly a mechanism. (laughs) Listen, we were day drinking. It was late. (laughs) I was vibing off of my vaccine symptoms. It was not a good time. Yeah. I feel better today, in case you cared. Good. I don't have to tell your wife that. You turned into a zombie. No, you, could, you could turn me back in and intact. Okay. So 
Dennis, throughout the time that they're starting to talk about what's actually happening in the house, is having these flashes while he's mm-hmm. there. He's starting to have these psychic attacks. And when Arthur goes to help him, he touches him. And Dennis, it's all these flashes of what happened when Jean, Arthur's His wife. wife, died. So Dennis immediately learns what happened to Arthur. And I think he gets a liking to Arthur. And this is what builds Dennis's positive and hero arc in a way. Yeah, you could say that. You could also say that he kind of just wants to get out of there and save his own skin, too. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's, it's not that he's, like, entirely a good guy. Or he's probably guy. the most realistic character, in a way. Honestly, the most likable. Yeah. He's the only character I cared about in this movie, to be honest. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just to kind of summarize, because I do want to get to the part where you explain the ghost to me. I think that's what I'm most excited about. Pretty here. long. Yeah, obviously the whole premise of the movie is these ghosts. They're honestly the funnest thing happening here. The effects, the way they look. I want to talk about the effect that like I saw. I saw this movie as a kid because I think it was always on TV. Mm-hmm. And the effect that stuck with me is when the lawyer goes down to the basement oh, to yeah. collect the money. Oof. And he is taunting the ghosts because, again, he knows they're down there. Yep. There's a ghost that's naked and he's, like, talking about her boobs. And yeah. He's, like, making fun of the dude with he's the He's calling them ugly or whatever. Yeah. And this is when the first ghost gets released. And it is what later comes to be known as the angry princess ghost. And he was like, I was just kidding. Haha. And keeps backing away and backing away. And as this house is kind of, like, releasing the ghost, it's opening and closing other glass doors and mechanisms. It, like, slices him in half. <laughs> Oh, how would you describe it? It slices him in not the half that you think, not like at the waist. It slices him vertically, width-wise. So I don't know how you would explain it. You're backing into a door and imagine that the door is... (laughs) I don't think this description helps anybody. He gets chopped from ear to ear. Yes. Like, vertically. Does that explain it? I don't know. No, because that makes it seem <laughs> like that. he got chopped from like like this, just the top of his head. Right, that's or, true. I yeah, know. okay. Watch the movie. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. Have Look nightmares. Look up this death. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember this scene vividly as a kid. And I pointed out that it reminded me of this other scene in Resident Evil. When he get put into a little... Also, a, like, glass. Bites. Like, yeah. It's if laser. you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We could probably watch this, Resident this Evil. This is kind of like a popular trope in horror movies that i'm guessing at this time this whole disfiguring the human body in grotesque ways so when i was younger the museum of science and industry here in chicago had the human anatomy exhibit i don't know if you remember this i think it's still there they have pieces of the exhibit still there but it was a whole exhibit where people who actually Actual donated body, their, yeah. their bones, their skin, their muscles, everything, were put on display, nervous systems, everything. Like, I remember going fetuses. there. Fetuses. Fetuses, yeah. I remember going there and seeing this and thinking exactly of these movies. When the lawyer gets killed and shot in half, his front half slides down and his back half is still visible on the glass. And this is exactly the kind of displays that you would see at the Museum of Science and Industry. I guess that'd be the best way to describe them, right? Instead of us trying to say it was perpendicular, it was horizontal. (laughs) Um, You could see inside of his body. Oh, it's called sectioning. It's like a section drawing. There you go. Obviously, everyone knows what that means. (laughs) Yes. But it's like a section view of the human body halved. Now, after this, we get like this kind of cool bathroom scene because this one ghost has been released and she i thought this was weird when the sister was kind of going in there and like looking at the room it's very much prepared for a woman there's perfumes and makeup and things like that in there and it's like why would cyrus have those things wouldn't you question that i don't know 
Yeah, in the bathroom, there's, like, a whole array of, like, perfumes and potions and lotions. Yeah, but, like, why would Cyrus prepare that if the ghosts are trapped, regardless? Why would you just have that if you're, like, one dude that lives alone? I guess if your lady friend comes to visit. When which he's we... eccentric, he could just be into that. He's just really into perfumes. The effects that they used for this scene is pretty cool. They, like, kind of zoom in on the glasses, and you can see that there's blood all over the bathroom. But Kathy doesn't see it. Uh-huh. There's blood everywhere. The princess is there looking at herself in the mirror. While Kathy's also looking at herself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And she goes into the tub and Kathy, for some reason, uses the tub to wash her face instead of the sink. Yeah. That whole <laughs> scene, if you actually analyze it, is weird. Because she's continuously combing her one strand of hair behind her ear. Like one tiny strand of hair. <laughs> yeah, it's baby hair. <laughs> yeah, she's combing her baby hairs in the mirror. And so she starts to wash her face and the ghost is in the tub there watching her. And I was trying to understand why you keep hearing the whisper, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You didn't find that out in your research? Why she says I'm sorry? No, but I do have the backstories to each of these ghosts. I'll I'll tell those in a minute. But she's saying I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she keeps watching Kathy wash her face and the water through the ghost world turns into blood. And right before she gets stabbed by the ghost, Arthur comes in and is like, Bobby's missing. Mm -hmm. Let's just get more general to get to the juicy stuff. Essentially, everyone's running around lost. The house keeps switching. Mm. Walls keep appearing, disappearing. Bobby is an idiot that keeps going to the basement, even though his mom's ghost is like, don't do it. This is why you should never have children. Pretty cool that he Even when you're a ghost, they don't listen to you. (laughs) No, that's basically happening. Everyone's running around chaotically. And as this is happening, each ghost is getting released. They don't really believe yet until they get attacked by the jackal. And Dennis points out is the worst one. Yes. He's like, we might as well just consider ourselves dead. Well, is is the jackal the worst one? I think the juggernaut is like pretty bad, considering that he killed almost everyone in the opening scene. Once I get to the deep dive of each of these ghosts, you'll see their tragic backstories. I thought the jackal was a girl. It's a guy. It's a guy? It looks like a girl. It does, but you'll see why. Oh. Yeah. Whatever he, she, they identify as. My question was, this movie came out before Saw, and she's kind of, or he, or they, are wearing a contraption that kind of looks like one that's very popular in Saw. It's like a cage over their head. Yeah. Dennis is like, we need to get out of here, forget mm-hmm. Bobby, and Arthur's like, you need to help me. I, I'm not leaving this place until I get my kids together to go. Well, the scene with the jackal, I guess, is important to point out because, what's her name? Kalina. Shows up out of nowhere with a flare, throwing it at people. And she's in there making demands, telling people, like, here's what you need to do. And I'm like, no, no. And Arthur's like, how did you get in this damn house? How did you, exactly, the appropriate response. Can we get out through there? How did you get in here? Who are you? Why are you making demands in my house? But she's acting like a straight asshole. Because, like, she is laying into them like they're so freaking stupid for not knowing what's going on in this house that she broke into. Starts to give a backstory about how... Cyrus has collected all these ghosts here, why they're here. Yes, she says that she works for the spirit reclamation business. How do you get into that profession? (laughs) She starts to explain that they're working on that this machine or this house is Mycelius's device. Real quick, I I didn't want that to sound like I'm being judgy. I genuinely want to know. What? (laughs) How do you get into this job? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's you have to like transport into this universe. I mean, I'm just curious. I clearly wouldn't do it because I can't even see Annabelle through a YouTube video. But glasses. I'm just curious. If you put the glasses on, you'll feel safe. <laughs> okay. But so she says that the house is Basilius's device designed by the devil, powered by the dead. Written so, by someone who was possessed by the devil. I'd be mad if I got possessed by the devil and he made me do work. I have to write a whole book. What would you expect the devil to make you do if not work? Nothing. 
just makes you creepy. Isn't it? No. If the devil possesses you, he's going to put you through hell. And what is hell? Working. A nine to five. <laughs> Honestly, how do we know that we're not already in hell? Because we're just always working. Uh, are you okay? No. <laughs> this is like the second or third time you made a joke like about hating your job. If anyone's listening to this from work, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. Okay, creep. <laughs> but anyway, so. She kind of explains what's going on in this house, what Cyrus's plan was. Apparently, he has to collect 12 earthbound spirits in order to open essentially a portal into hell. It's his life's work. And she mentions the Black Zodiac and how each of these ghosts represents something in the Black Zodiac. And then how Arthur is essentially this thing known as the 13 Ghosts, a ghost that comes about from like self-sacrifice and love. It's like the purest form of the ghost. And basically she's telling him like, you have to sacrifice yourself for your children. And Dennis is like, that shit don't even make no fucking sense. Like, what's happening? It doesn't. She basically says that like the 13th ghost is a failsafe to stop the opening of the ocularis infernum the eye of hell she uses so many words here that it's so completely much. made up it's like two minutes of every demonic latin word you can imagine honestly is she even talking <laughs> this is a bunch of gibberish <laughs> no offense to latin she speakers. has the book no one speaks latin <laughs> i speak latin it's a dead language ocularis infernum basilius's device well now our house is haunted so we should get that we should make that uh, latin speech or ringtone or something <laughs> First of all, nobody uses ringtones, so people are going to look at it as weird for that. But I then also, it's in Latin. I have ringtones. You do. It's the music from Halloween. I wouldn't even call them ringtones. I feel like sometimes you just use them as sounders in our household. <laughs> but, so I do want to warn that some of the backgrounds of these ghosts have themes of suicide and sexual assault. So if you're, you know, if you don't want to hear that stuff, you can probably just fast forward past this deep diving into the ghosts because they're pretty messed up backgrounds. So... I will get started with the 13 ghosts of the Black Zodiac. The firstborn son is the first. Little Billy was a young boy who was addicted to Western movies and a spoiled brat who didn't like anyone who opposed him. He challenged one of his friends to a duel after finding a real arrow in a closet and was hit in the back of the head with it, killing him instantly. So he challenged his friend to a duel and he ended up being killed. Because Billy had like these plastic toy guns and I guess the friend had the arrow uh, and killed him. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, Willy Wonka, that kid that's like obsessed with Westerns and he's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> this ghost is a, is a kid with an arrow straight through his head. So yeah. it's creepy in that way. The second ghost is the torso. Jimmy the Gambler Gambino spent his childhood making bets and became addicted to gambling, eventually becoming a greedy casino owner. One day he bet on a boxing match, lost, tried to get his money back and skipped town. Manny challenged him in the boxer, who won, caught up, and cut him into pieces, wrapped him in cellophane, and dumped him into the ocean. It, this ghost is creepy. It literally is just a torso walking around. And the head's kind of rolling. Yeah. And like it's his covered in plastic. pieces are, like, everywhere. Third ghost is the bound woman. Susan Legros was born privileged and known for seducing men and forgetting about them. Her boyfriend found out, strangled her, and buried her at a 50-yard line of a football field. What year? What year? Uh, didn't oh, okay. write it down, but it's like old school. Old, yeah, because her dresses are like kind of like Victorian. Prom. prom. <laughs> That's what they wrote. That's what the site said. I don't know why. It's not like you killed her on prom night. The story doesn't say anything. It doesn't go that deep. Night. Okay. Yeah. Mm, not a fan of that one. <laughs> Just break up, for God's sake. I feel Jeez. like we mentioned that in so yeah, many episodes. Definitely a different time. Grow up. But <laughs> ghost number four, the withered lover. Arthur's wife. Jean was obviously burned severely, saving her family from the house fire and is not a vengeful spirit like the others. Her story is just sad. Yeah. Ghost number five. Eterned Prince. 
Royce Clayton was a baseball star in high school with a superiority complex who was challenged by a greaser to a drag race. Later, it's determined that a cup brake line was the cause, but he was killed when the car spun out of control and flipped over. Okay, so many things here. First of all, I can never hear Clayton without thinking of Tarzan, and he's like, Clayton, and then he goes like, psh. <laughs> Second of all, oh, this sounds like Grease. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's very Greaser-like. Yeah. He's got a, like a leather jacket. And, and a bat. And a bat. That's what you think of Greasers, right? Yeah. Leather jackets and a bat. That's all yeah. you need. To be a Greaser. And the cool hair. Yes. Ghost number six, the angry princess, which you've already touched on. Dana Newman did not believe in her own beauty and had several abusive boyfriends that only led her to a lower self-esteem, eventually working for a plastic surgeon in return for unneeded surgery for imagined defects. She eventually tried to perform surgery on herself oh, fuck. and ended up blinding and mutilating herself beyond repair. She committed suicide in the bathtub by slashing her body with a butcher's knife. Yeah, that actually makes sense now because they very much exaggerate her features, like her lips and her jawlines. And then I pointed out like the way that I don't know if this is the actress's actual body or if it was like a bodysuit because like a suit. the way they make the uh, boobs look is very much like not attached to the body. And I was like, is that just how the directors thought boobs should look or <laughs> guess it's plastic surgery? Yeah, this is a pretty sad story. Yeah. Yeah, that she was, uh, apparently, I didn't write this one down, but they said that when they found her body, they even said she looked beautiful in death because there was nothing wrong with her. Yeah. So, that's messed up. Ghost number seven, the pilgrimess. Isabella Smith was an English woman who came and settled in New England during colonial times. Being seen as an outsider, she was accused of witchcraft after livestock started to die and was seen emerging from barn fire unharmed. She's crazy. <laughs> she died after being sentenced to the stocks with no food or drink. The stocks being like those things that you put your head and arms through. Oh. I had to look it up. Pillory, yeah. if that's another word for it. You know, it reminds me, Um, you're watching Handmaid's Tale for the first time. The oh, Colonies. I guess, I guess that's creepy content. Oh, it is creepy. It was yeah. It was creepy to watch during... Um, it's creepy content that I'll bring up every week because it's my next attack on Titan. It's ongoing, yeah. It's my next attack on Titan. Yeah, but they, they send them to the colonies, so I was wondering if it was like that. But no, the stocks are those things you can always take pictures in at like county fairs and For stuff. For fun. So the ghost number eight and nine are related. I'll just kind of keep their stories separate, but they're the same story together. Okay. So the great, actually, I'm going to start with nine and I'll go into eight because eight kind of comes as a result of nine. Okay. So ghost number nine is the dire mother. Margaret Shelburne was only three feet tall and an attraction in a carnival. She was sexually assaulted by the tall man and gave birth to Harold the Great Child. When Carnival employees decided to prank Harold, they kidnapped Margaret, only to be found dead by suffocation in the bag they kept her. Ew. That's, uh, terrible. So, as a result, the great child Harold, his story is connected too. So he's mm -hmm. ghost number eight, the great child. Harold was the son of Margaret Shelburne as a result of his mother having been sexually assaulted by the tall man in the carnival they were part of. He eventually grew up to be 300 pounds and was spoiled by his mother keeping a childlike mindset and wearing diapers his whole life. After carnival employees tried to prank Harold by kidnapping his mother, she was found dead and an enraged Harold killed the employees with an axe and displayed their remains for customers to see. As a result, the carnival owner had a mob tear Harold apart. Can you blame Harold, though? No. <laughs> Oof, you know, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Don't know how to feel about that yeah, one. Yeah, don't kill family. What the hell? You will get smacked. Smacked. To death. But ghost number 10, the hammer. George Markley, was, this one's messed up too. George Markley was a blacksmith and was accused of stealing and threatened with exile. After refusing, a gang hung and burned his wife and children. George beat the gang to death with a sledgehammer and was put to a cruel form of justice by the townsfolk by tying him to a tree and driving railroad spikes into his body with his sledgehammer. To top it off, they cut his hand off and attached the sledgehammer at the stump. Oof. Again, it seems like 
he had the right to get revenge and then they punished him for it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of something that Dennis touches on is that there are spirits who were just evil and then there are spirits who were... Suffered for her horrific death. Yes, and who were vengeful and so they all, all they know yeah. is hate. Ghost 11, the Jackal. Ryan Coon had an uncontrollable desire for women, sexual assault, and murdering sex workers and committed himself to Boramwood Asylum with intent to be cured. Ryan went insane attacking a nurse and was bound in a straitjacket with his arms tied tightly, causing his limbs to contort horribly. The doctors eventually locked his head in a cage after attempting to bite through the jacket and sealed him in a basement cell where he began to hate human contact. Ryan purposely stayed behind when a fire broke out in the asylum. Damn, that's intense. He committed himself. He wanted to be cured. Because he wanted to be cured. And then it just, like, went downhill. It went worse, yeah. Yeah. So the Juggernauts, Ghost Number 12. Horace Breaker Mahoney was seven feet tall and was seen as grotesque by everyone around him. He was raised by his father and worked with him in the junkyard, but after his father passed, Horace was left alone going mad and would eventually pick up female hitchhikers who he would tear apart and feed to his dogs. An undercover female police officer was picked up by Horace and was able to call SWAT, but once captured, he still managed to kill three SWAT officers after breaking free from the cuffs. He was shot down by five SWAT officers. Damn, his story sounds a little bit like Robert Picton, the pig farmer who killed a bunch of women, typically sex workers, and it was rumored, they're not sure, but rumored that he fed them to his pigs. Disgusting. Yeah. Pigs eat anything. They really do, though. Yep. They'll even eat themselves. Fun mm-hmm. fact. Disgusting. Did not know that. And then there's the 13th, but less interesting or less tragic ghost, which is the broken heart. Arthur is meant to be the 13th ghost as he was heartbroken after the death of his wife. So you can't help but watch this and think of the tarot cards, the Arcadia, Major Arcadia. Are they like a representation of the lovers? The broken heart and the... The withered lover. Withered lover, perhaps. Yeah. So we will have a mini-sode about this, but there's an actual Black Zodiac. Black Zodiac that's represented in this film was made up for the movie. Mm-hmm. But there's an actual black zodiac, which apparently is, is the evil version of the Western astrological zodiac signs that we know of. They exist. But when I was looking this up, I saw the artwork and I was like, oh, I've seen these before. I didn't know that they were actually based off of the evil side of the zodiac. I'm excited because I didn't know about this. And I, I'm i not like super into astrology like I know a lot of people are. I just think it's fun to casually talk about it. Honestly, when I do the research for that, I don't know if it's like real or just invented for fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, we get this background from Kalina. Gosh, her name is very difficult to remember. It's funny because this actress is Miss Honey from Matilda. Is she? (laughs) Yes. She is. So it's funny to see her be such a, like, caring character. And then in this one, she's been working with Cyrus the entire time. And they're kind of in a toxic, abusive relationship. Which, that's a new one, being in an abusive relationship. It's It's very Joker, Harley Quinn. It's a relationship if both parties aren't involved. And it's just one-sided? It is a relationship when you're trying to get something out of the other person. Hmm. You need them True. for something. But yeah, so the rest of this movie is very quick. Yes. Right, we find out immediately that Kalina's bad, which I was confused by because I was like, I thought she was just telling him how to do well. But what well, makes sense. Why would she show up in the house and be like, you have to kill yourself for your kids? Like Dennis said, that shit don't even make no fucking sense. Yeah. Dennis dies, sadly, but he, he dies helping protect Arthur from the Juggernaut, which is the last ghost that's released. Which was the ghost that he first saw in the graveyard. And he actually had a vision of his own death earlier in the movie, and it comes true. Pretty sad. Yeah. Dennis Again, great, he, like great. I said, he was probably the only character I cared about living in this movie. <laughs> Honestly. Is there a reason you don't like any of the other characters? Uh, they're 
just like not interesting you know like they're not developed you don't grow an attachment to these characters really there's like problems with the way some of them are portrayed like maggie i feel like they it's a very early 2000s stereotype that stuff was probably pretty problematic is that she was added as the african-american character but only in to be comic relief but she does end up being the hero yeah so the characters i don't feel are like i grow an attachment to them Mm -hmm. you know right yeah so dennis is killed saving arthur because they finally did this kind of gung-ho we need to go get bobby and kathy because Bobby and Kathy are missing. Yeah. Cyrus starts the chanting machine. That's when we find out that Kalina and Cyrus can actually see each other. And I don't know if Cyrus is actually dead because he can be seen without the glasses. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because it seems like he's just some different type of entity. Maybe he's already been given the power by the machine because the ghosts are out. I don't know. It's not really clear. I don't think it's made super clear in the movie. No, but Arthur sees his wife who tells him, you know, go save our kids. Cyrus kills Kalina by squishing her. Pretty horrible death. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but pretty bad effect. Oh, yeah. Oh, the way song. Dennis was killed was intense. Like, the juggernaut breaks him in half. On By a pushing wall. him up against the corner of a wall. I think one of the problems with this movie is, like, the inconsistency in the effects. Sometimes they're pretty cool, and sometimes they're, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why couldn't you guys have it good across the board? Yeah, they have enough budget for the really Possibly. good ones. Possibly, yeah. yeah. So the kids get revealed to be in the center of the machine. Maggie was downstairs with Kalina because they were going to work together to go stop the machine and put explosives there because if it didn't work to jump to blow into the it machine, up. they were going to blow it up. So Maggie gets knocked out by Kalina. The ghosts are surrounding the room and they're kind of like standing kind of hand in hand and the chanting continues and Arthur has a face off with Cyrus. A weird face off because he's like counting the ghosts and trying oh, to make this, sense yes. of the whole thing. He's like counting with his hands, one finger at a time. Yeah, it's weird. I don't get why he does that. I guess it's just so the audience could get one final look at each ghost. I wanted to point out this weird scene where they're just taking the cameras through the house and they're like, look at this cool house. And it's just ghosts chanting. That scene goes on for like a minute or two and nothing happens. We looked away and... We were talking and I'm like, oh, this scene is still going on. (laughs) Yeah, But so Maggie wakes up from having been knocked out Mm -hmm. and starts messing with the chanting machine. And the machine starts to kind of short circuit. As Arthur is facing off against his uncle, it's starting to short circuit. And then it pans over and you see that Maggie's like messing with the machine like crazy. Also like weird. I don't know if you noticed this. Maybe I'm just like looking for problematic things at this time. They make it seem like a hip hop song. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't want (laughs) to seem like I was crazy. I was like, why? Record scratching. Why did they do that? Yeah, so the ghosts get kind of released from their trance around the room, and they grab Cyrus. And are able to attack him. And throw him into the machine, and he gets dismembered all over the bodies of the children. Right on top of them, (laughs) like if they haven't seen enough traumatizing shit. The dad, like, jumps into the machine. I don't think he would have made it in real life. You know, let's say that suspend disbelief for a minute, and this is actually happening. I don't think a man would have been able to get in there quick enough, because it was still going. It would just occasionally malfunction. for some reason. Yes. What are the odds of you nailing that? <laughs> He's in there with the kids and he covers them. And giant explosion of the whole house. And I was like, what the hell happened to Maggie? Mm-hmm. And they're safe. They see that the ghosts are leaving because they've released they're them. They're literally just walking out all chill. Frolicking. Some <laughs> of them the are forest. like jumping, singing, dancing. But their mom is the last one to be there. She stands there and tells them that she loves them. Yeah. And it's the end. We get like an end credit scene where Maggie's like, I quit. I quit. I hate this job. I hate this family. Yeah. And honestly, good for her. (laughs) Yeah. Maggie's definitely the unsung hero of this movie because like they'd be dead without her. Yeah. 
She definitely deserves that pay raise. No, she just deserves to leave. I would sue. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I know you just came into this big inheritance. The house blew up, but I'm sure he's still got finances somewhere else. I would sue. The the money's probably not all in cash. Yeah. It's somewhere. Yeah, I thought that was funny because there's a scene where the lawyer goes to get cash and I'm just like, maybe it's because I don't own tons of money, but like the notion of carrying cash is kind of outdated. But also maybe if you're rich and you don't want your money traced, you do keep it. Why are you rich and don't want your money traced? Oh, <laughs> lots of reasons. We could talk <laughs> about that. We do a whole episode on Epstein. Is he in the cartel? Or? So many possibilities. <laughs> nice. But so what is your rating? Okay, this movie is fun, probably not for the reasons they intended. I don't give a shit about this family. <laughs> I don't give a shit about what happens to them. I think the ghost and them showing up in this house is cool. That's literally my whole, I'm probably appealed to a lot of people, like what I think is the best part of this movie. So I don't know, story-wise and acting-wise, it's not great. The effects are not consistent across the board. I would give it a... A 6.5. Hmm. That's not bad. Because it's fun. It's fun with the ghosts, but then there's like so many storylines and effects that don't make it that great. It's kind of like a dark version of Ghostbusters, but not really. Yeah. Because they're capturing ghosts and they're using it for whatever, right? The devil. Yeah. Latin. <laughs> Latin words. They're using it for their Latin. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time in terms of the scares and things like that. The effects of the ghosts are pretty cool. But yeah, the story sucks. Dennis is probably the best character, and he's not even the main character. And he I dies. Mean, and he dies. So, one. Just kidding. <laughs> Say 5.5. I don't know. It's not terrible. It's not, it's not great. It's one of those things that I think horror movies are definitely a genre of. Even when it's bad, it's kind of good, because there's some good things about it. And it just depends on what you want to consider makes it great, I guess. Because yeah. horror-wise, I'd say it's fine. Right? It's not super scary, I would say. I mean, the... There's some the like deaths gory deaths and yeah. things like that. I mean, if that's what makes you scared, sure, it's pretty scary. So, do we talk about what scared Loki this? Yeah, nothing that should have made him scared. He was scared of the junkyard for some reason, and the lightning, and like all the chanting and sounds that were coming from that junkyard. I think it's scene. pretty common for dogs to be scared of lightning. And Latin. And Latin. <laughs> you want to tell us about it, Loki? Sounds good. I know he doesn't like thunderstorms. He does get freaked out. Loki's a big chicken. It just needs to rain more. It's about to start. It's April. Oh my god. Last April rained every day. Thunder, lightning, every night. I remember because we were sleeping on the sofa. Because we had just moved in, kind of. And like, every night was like lightning in the living room. And I was like, I can't sleep. I wonder how he's going to act this year. Just because... We would point it out that he was born in February, and so when he was like... So he lived through that. He lived through all of the rain. (gasps) Maybe that's why he's scared of everything. That, like, traumatized him in his puppyhood. Yeah, he really is Courage the Cowardly Dog. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been his name. But good job, buddy. You did fine. You didn't really cry too much in this one. (laughs) You didn't cry too much. (laughs) All right, is that pretty much it for us here? Yep, that was 13 Ghosts. It was a good time. Pretty messed up, but good time. Either way. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here. You could follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod. Except for Twitter, we are Shaken Scared Pod. On Twitter. We are shaken and scared. <laughs> we switch it up for Twitter. Yeah, you could send us an email at shakenoutscarepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all the other ones that exist out there. Mm-hmm. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a review. Subscribe. All that good stuff. 
Check out our website too. We have a bunch of other fun facts on there. If you guys want, oh yes, our and all the cocktail recipes are up there now. In case you know, my descriptions have not been great. Wow. I literally stopped describing the drinks at one point, but they're up there now if you want to see them. Yeah, enjoy. Cheers. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.